Hello, friends, and welcome back to the While We're Waiting Hope After Child Loss podcast. I'm Jill Sullivan, your host and one of the co-founders of the While We're Waiting ministry. This is a podcast of stories, stories of devastating loss and grief and heartbreak and struggle, and stories of hope and healing and faith and, yes, even joy. Underlying every conversation is the hope we have in Jesus Christ, which makes it possible to not just survive the loss of a child, but to live well while we're waiting to see them again in heaven one day. You can learn more about our ministry and the free bereaved parent retreats we host by visiting our website at www.whilewe'rewaiting.org. Welcome to episode number 148, which is a continuation of my conversation with Katie Thornhill of the Anchored in Always podcast. If you missed last week's episode, you'll want to go back to hear the story of her fierce warrior son, Marcus, who went to heaven following a battle with inoperable brain cancer, just shy of his eighth birthday. Today, we extend our conversation to cover a wide range of issues faced by bereaved parents, including how we ourselves can be anchored in always. We'll pick up our conversation right where we left off last week. You know, I think all of us who have lost a child have this dividing line in our lives of before and after. So talk about the before Katie and now the after Katie. Yes. Um, well, I could say I could say a lot about that. But, you know, the before Katie, um, I felt like I thought I had a lot more control than I did. Yes. Um, I was very task oriented kind of a hustle and strive mentality. Um, I think I found my worth often in what I could accomplish and what people thought of me. And I wanted to be successful at something. And so I was constantly busy and rushing and planning. And and I was a big planner. But when you're hit with something, like when you're facing this thing that's in front of you that wasn't in your plan, and you have no control in the sense of I can't, I couldn't take that tumor out. I couldn't fix this problem. It really changes you. I, I mean, it has the power to change you in a very negative way, but it also, if you allow it, can change you in a lot of great ways. And so what I'm finding the after, Katie, is I've learned um, to have acceptance Um I've learned what surrender looks like, real, true surrender, realizing my powerlessness and that that's not a bad thing, you know, that in our weakness, he is strong. And, you know, as I've had to learn to surrender and and recognize the things in my life that are out of my control and surrender those to Jesus, I find his strength in me more. And then the things that I can control, I'm in a much better place to be able to say like, okay, I can't fix this and I can't do this, but I can uh, control my attitude or how I respond or what my next steps are. And so that's been very, very healing. And then I'd say also just finding peace because when you get to this place where you have more acceptance that Jesus never promised that everything was going to be sunshine and roses, it was actually the opposite in John 16, 33 in this life, you will have suffering, trials, trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. And so just having that acceptance that this isn't the way it's supposed to be, but it's also not going to always be this way has really helped me find peace. So now I'm able to, I think, slow down a lot more. My perspective's changed in that. I, I really appreciate time with people, building relationships, listening, talking, getting to know people, being more present where my feet are instead of always trying to think about the next thing coming because we're not promised the next thing coming. That's right. 
you know? And so if I'm not promised tomorrow or all the plans that I'm making, I want to be very present for what I'm experiencing right now because that's all I'm promised. Um, And so that's been been a blessing too, to just be able to be more present and experience. Um, I think about how much I might've, I really missed in the pursuit of a tomorrow that I wasn't even promised. Um, And so just being cognizant of that has been a big change for me. And I think also I realize more now that my time, like with my time, what my priorities are, that it's really got to be Jesus over everything else in my life, that nothing is guaranteed in this life. Uh, I could get sick. I could lose another child. um, God forbid, you know, uh, uh, my marriage could crumble. There are so many things that, you know, that I maybe have put stock in or like, that those came before my relationship with God and they were good things. Being a wife, being a mom, all those things are wonderful things and high callings. But I've realized that Jesus still has to be over all of those things because he's the only thing that I can rely on 100%. That's never going to be taken from me is my salvation and my faith. And so that's definitely been probably the biggest change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. You've given me a lot to think about just in what you said. I also am a, was and still am, very much a schedule, structure, planner type person. And that is one thing I learned really quickly when your child is diagnosed with cancer. All those schedules and planners and calendars just go out the window because Mm -hmm. it's moment by moment uh, a lot of times that life. And yes, that is something that I've learned as well, that um, those things are not nearly as important as I once thought that they were. And uh, that's a good lesson to learn. Thank you for sharing all of those thoughts with us. Those are all very, very helpful. Yes. And so kind of along those same lines, think about your relationship with God before and now after. How has it changed and what have you learned about God's character? Yeah. You know, I think I realized just my deep need for him. My coach, I have a a life coach too, that she's also a friend, but she would always say that we're human beings, not human doings. Yes, And, you know, like that's so true. And that resonates with me now more than ever that I need him. He created me for relationship. He does not need me to do anything for him. He is more than capable of handling things without me. Yes. Um, But he chooses to involve me. And, and, and more than that, though, he wants a relationship with me. And I realize how desperately I need him. When Marcus passed, you know how it is. It, it was hard to get out of bed. Mm-hmm. It was hard to take, you know, get dressed, take a shower sometimes, you know. And I just realized I needed him like I needed oxygen. Yes. And I had never really grasped that prior to all of this. He's my safe place, my shelter, my anchor. Uh, my comforter, my counselor. Those are just some of the, the things that come right to mind when I think of my relationship with God. And I find great comfort in and healing in studying the Bible like never before. It's like I crave it. I just crave this time, you know, get digging into my Bible and really finding so much more comfort from his word than I did previously. And more intense prayer life. I, I think prayer changed a lot for me. I don't know that I pray so much for specific outcomes more than I'm praying for my heart to be changed. Uh, like God's will is God's will. And I'm not praying so much to change God's will anymore. Like I think I was 
praying more to specifically change his will and this and this and that and that. And what I realize is um, that prayer changes our hearts and it draws us close to the Lord to prepare me and you for whatever it is that we're facing in that moment and whatever we might face. And so I just want to be as close to him as possible. And so I talk to him a lot more and I spend a lot more time in prayer. Meditation is another thing, just really like chewing on the word of God and meditating on it and like thinking about how it applies to my life more and then memorizing it. So so I'll take a passage and spend try to really commit it to memory so that I can meditate meditate on it throughout the day when I don't have the Bible right in front of me. So those are probably some of the the areas that have really changed most of my relationship with God because I realized my deep need for him in everything. Yes. And don't you feel like after the loss of a child, when you do read your Bible, you read it completely differently. Oh, yeah. And even though you've read it, you know, I've read the Bible all, all my life. Um, but after Hannah went to heaven, I read it with completely new eyes and from a completely different perspective. So I'm sure that you've experienced that as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, you feel everything a lot deeper, you know, uh, going through, I think, to experience like the level of joy, you have to almost experience the, that same level of, of suffering Yes. Um, to truly appreciate it. Yes. And that's the gospel. The gospel is not is not like all about like you do this and you'll be blessed. It's, it's you're faithful and obedient to God and your life might still be really hard, but guess what? This, it's not about all about what, what happens here on this earth. It's, it's eternity. It's a kingdom focus. And so, yeah, that's when I think I read the Bible different because I feel things at a deeper level and I'm, there's more compassion. There's more, I can see, hear the longing as David is lamenting in the Psalms. I know what that's like. I lamented. I still lament. And, and so I, I, I feel that from David more than before I had lost, um, experienced deep loss. So um, it brings it alive for sure. Yeah, definitely. On your website, you make a statement about yourself. And you said, for most of my life, I've struggled with perfectionism, anxiety, and control. Uh, for someone that struggles with those types of issues, uh, like myself, uh, pediatric cancer diagnosis, and then the loss of a child is like a nuclear bomb has dropped in the middle of your life. Talk about how you've kind of worked through or are currently working through those kinds of issues. Yeah, um, I think just to reiterate again, for me, what helped was the, the recovery. Mm. Um, for a long time, I I felt like a good example of a Christian was being perfect. Like if I just checked all the right boxes and, and did everything just right. And I say that in quotations, right. you know, then, then people will be like, wow, look at her. Like she's got it together. That, that is a, a woman of faith and it's strong. And, and so I tried so hard and it was exhausting and it wasn't fulfilling. And honestly, nobody was drawn to that because Nobody can relate to perfection. Yeah. So it wasn't until uh, I went through this recovery process and really identified what are some of my struggles and some of my hurts, habits, and hangups, which is codependency, anger, anxiety. Those are some things that I struggled with and now grief. And so when I recognized those and I stepped out of denial and then I recognized my part in things and I took the steps of making amends to people I, I owed an amends to. And it worked that whole process. 
it really just brought to light. Like I was able to start to identify my part in situations and, um, and own it instead of always kind of blaming. And as I was very vulnerable, I guess is a good word and more transparent on social media. When Marcus was sick, I would jump on there and do a video and I would cry and I would uh, be open. Like I'm struggling right now. God, where are you? I'm praying. We're praying, you know, and that touched people so much more than Susie Christian over here trying to do all the right things and say the right thing. They identified with that and it drew them a lot of people to me in that sense, like God was using that, my vulnerability, my weakness, all of those to draw people to him through me. And so that was eye opening, like, oh, so I don't have to have it all together to be a witness. Uh, It's actually the opposite that draws people often. Um, And so I'm trying to continue with that to just be honest and and real with people, but shine his light through Mm. the cracks. Instead of trying to patch up all the cracks and holding it in, I let his light shine through the cracks. And that's what what really people are drawn to. And I can have the more powerful testimony. Yes, absolutely. You are so right about that. You mentioned a little bit earlier that you have a podcast of your own, and it's called Anchored in Always. Uh, Talk a little bit about that and how that came to be. I love the name. Where where did the name come from? Just, Just tell us all about your podcast. Yes. So um, when Marcus was diagnosed, my husband's brother called us and he said, God laid a a verse on his heart that he wanted to share with us. And it was Hebrews 619, which says, we have this hope as an anchor for our souls, firm and secure. And he said, you know, guys, we're in the fight. We're in a fight here and we need to anchor into Jesus now more than ever. So that kind of became on all of our posts, we would put hashtag Marcus Strong, hashtag anchored in. And on his wristbands and his t-shirts and all the things it was anchored in. And then we had that verse. And so that that anchor really became a symbol of hope um, to me. Like we're 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 gonna anchor in and and have hope regardless. And I added the word always because I started the podcast after Marcus passed. I just wanted to have a platform in which to continue talking about him and also talking about my faith and shining a light through brokenness for people. Someone recommended a podcast and I was like, yes, let's do it. And so I added the word always though, because you can't just be anchored in when things are going okay or good, or even if they're going bad, you need to be anchored in always, like no matter what's going on in your life, like he has to be that anchor and that support when, when it's still, or when there are those waves. And so I just felt like it really needed to be all in companies. Like Jesus has to be my anchor in the storms of life. And I think my tagline is like finding hope and healing in the storms of life, marriage, and loss. And so I just share a lot on there, um, just about some of our struggles in, in our marriage, as well as identity in Christ and just struggling with the perfectionism, the anxiety, the control or lack thereof. And then a lot about grief and lamenting and Christian recovery, like finding support and healing and community. So those are just all areas that I focus on. And that's how the the name came about. Yeah, that was a special verse for us too. We wore anchor necklaces that had um, Hebrew 619 on the back of them. And um, yeah, another one of our favorite verses. So that's just another parallel between our stories. Um, I highly recommend Katie's podcast to all of our listeners. um, And I will put a link to that in the show notes. I think you'll find a lot of encouragement there. And I'm so glad that you're doing that. 
because we all need more encouragement on this road. And it's great when it comes from a bereaved mom. You know, your topics are not necessarily all related to that, but it's a part of you. So it comes through in everything that you do. You're also a professional Christian life coach. Talk about what that means and what you do. Yes. Um, So uh, when I started the podcast, I had women that were starting to reach out to me. They would email me or message me after listening to the podcast and just have questions and need help. And I felt um, like I had things that I could share with them, but I wanted to be able to offer even more support. And so I just started kind of looking at, I was looking at counseling or looking at different things. And then I came across a certified Christian life coach and, and it was through this program, um, Christian Coaching Institute. And I just thought, you know what? I'm going to jump on their website and just check it out. And I filled out the application. They only take nine people, nine or 10 people each semester. So it's small. Yeah. And I made, I got selected for that very next semester. And so I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's, you know, an open door from the Lord. I'm going to jump in there. And, and it's a 16 week, you know, deep dive into the coaching world. And it really just, it equipped me to be able to help women. I specifically focus on women and um, like identify where they're struggling, where, where they're stuck in a relationship or a a trial that they're experiencing, or maybe it's grief, Um, but where are they feeling stuck in their life right now, health and fitness or their job. And then I walk them through the process of uh, once once we we get to the awareness and really identify the the area they're stuck in, then um, visualizing and helping them see like like what goals would they like to where would they like to see themselves you know what would they like to be different, um, and we really talk about that and then um, the action steps needed to get there, um, and then also looking at potential obstacles what might get in the way what might prevent you and, and how do we work around that. And I just offer a lot of co- accountability and support and encouragement as they they work through those action steps and just kind of walk alongside them as their coach. So coaching is different than counseling in that it's very forward thinking, goal oriented versus looking back in your past and really digging into the emotions. It's it's more of of, of just where are you stuck? What goal? Where do you want to be? And how do we get there? So I, I, forward thinking is what I would say is, is coaching versus counseling. So yeah, it's, it's blessing and it's been really fun, you know, working with, with women in these areas. Yeah. I love that. Well, again, I'll put your information, all your contact information and everything in the show notes so people can get a hold of you if they would like to get to know you better through the, through the coaching atmosphere. I, I love how you delineated the difference between coaching and counseling because I never really knew what the difference was. So thank you for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll put all of your contact information in the show notes so people can, can get a hold of you if they're looking for some assistance with that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So one last question I always like to ask, has music been an important part of your grief journey? And if so, what is on your playlist? So yes, music um, has definitely been an important part of my journey. And just a few of the songs that I've really, uh, that have really helped me through this is uh, Even If by Mercy Me. We actually played that song at Marcus's funeral service um, and, you know, just really coming to that place again of surrender that that often um, we're not going to get the answer, the outcome that we ask for in prayer, but are we still trusting that God is sovereign and good? And that's really where faith comes in yes. when it's not, when you can't see it, 
and and it's and you don't feel it necessarily, but you just know that God is sovereign and his character is good. And my circumstances and my feelings don't change who he is. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And so that song just really is is a great example of that. And then another one is though he slay me. Um, and it's by Shane and Shane and I, you know, just really resonate with Job and, you know, just feeling like, although Job lost 10 children, and, you know, all of his wealth and was covered in sores and disease and his so-called, you know, his friends told, you know, told him it was his fault. His wife told him to turn it, her his back on God, um, that he should be cursed the day he was born. And Job said, though he slay me, yet I will trust in him or some versions say, yeah, I will hope in him. Yes. And so just having that mentality of whatever comes in this life, I will still choose to trust God. And have hope in him. Um, so I just love that song. And then Peace Be Still by Hope Darst. That's another beautiful song about kind of like the storms of life. You know, just peace be still, say the word and it is well, because he is with me. Um, yes. He is always with us. And so like, I find comfort in that, that even though all these things happen in my life out of my control, he has never left my side. His presence is always there. Um, and that's a beautiful song. So those are just a few of, uh, I've got a ton of them, but those are, are probably three that I've listened to on repeat yeah, yeah, <laughs> throughout that, this journey. That Shane and Shane song, we typically play at the closing of our retreats on Sunday oh, wow. morning. Yes, absolutely love that song, the message of it. And then I love the version of it that has the interlude with John Piper speaking in the middle of it. That's it's just it's just excellent. So if you haven't heard that version, you need to look that one up. I will. Yeah. Yeah. It's very good. All right. Well, we've covered a lot of topics together and I appreciate your time and um, just the opportunity to, to speak with you today. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we close? Um, Yeah. You know, I think really just um, to really encourage people, don't be afraid to ask for what you need. You know, people do genuinely want to help, but they don't know how. If they haven't experienced it, and even if they have, we're all so different in how we grieve that, you know, we can't expect people to understand or to know what we need. And so it's okay to, to be specific. And if you need space, then ask for space. If you need time, if you need a hug, then that's it. You know, no words, just, just sit with me. Just feel your feelings and ask for what you need and give people grace and give yourself grace. And that it's and not to isolate. I think that was the other big thing I wanted to make sure if you hear anything from me today, don't isolate, don't numb. It's just going to prolong your grief. I would just encourage you to talk to people, to be surrounded and supported in, in community. Um, I feel like that is, we are wired for community and and you will find more healing. It's still going to hurt. You're still going to grieve, but you're not going to be alone. And there's, there's comfort in that. So I think those, that would be my advice. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, You just had so many practical things to share with us today that I think are just really going to be a benefit to those have been listening. So thank you so much. I appreciate you. Yes. Thank you so much, Jill. I appreciate all you do um, as well with your ministry. And just thank you for having me on your show today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the While We're Waiting, Hope After Child Loss podcast. If this podcast has been a blessing to you, please take just a moment to leave a rating or a review, and please feel free to share it with someone you know who might be helped by it.
We're so grateful for all of you who come back and listen every week, and those of you who may be listening for the very first time. I hope God has used it to encourage you today and to help you live well while you're waiting.